Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Well, welcome back to episode 33, grief and illness and the five psychological stages that may lead to acceptance and action. If you hear my voice and you wonder about my congestion, I just recovered from COVID infection. Uh, In the last couple of weeks, my whole family got affected by covid This was the first infection we got since the beginning of the pandemic, and we're just slowly getting over it. We're all doing well, but it took us by surprise. So recently, a slew of new patients who were all 18 years old either came to to me as new patients or were transferred from a local pediatric rheumatology office. Most of my patients are way over 18, and having so many new patients who were young during my practice has been out of the norm. When patients are young and have a recent diagnosis of a new condition that has the potential to affect their life, I see them having more emotions and feelings and reacting more visibly than someone who is older and more mature. Perhaps when we are young, everything feels more intense, more massive, and more permanent. So although I was thinking about my younger patients when I was recording this episode, This will be a good episode to examine your thoughts about your illness as well as the stages of grief as it applies to the processing of having a chronic condition and how it can lead you to healing. You see, going through the stages of grief can happen as a result of any significant life change. Per the grief recovery method definition, grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. Grief is an experience that can completely consume you mentally, physically, and emotionally. And it doesn't just happen with the traditional sense of loss, like when someone you love dies. For many recently diagnosed chronically ill or disabled people, grieving the loss of the health after a new medical diagnosis or symptom is often an unrecognized reality. One of the problems we face is that we are taught how to get or acquire things in life, but not how to deal with losing them, including losing our health. We may not even be aware of the cycles we go through emotionally, and the type of grief that comes with an illness is complex. As the cycles may repeat, as a new health challenge or a social consequence arises. You may hear from your family or friends that you need to be strong to get through this experience. 
you may take from this that you need to hide your feelings on some level. But hiding your feelings does not remove them. And dealing with them becomes more complicated. So today I use as a guide the five stages of grief developed by the Swiss-American psychiatrist Elizabeth Kobler-Ross, a pioneer in near-death studies and an author of the internationally best-selling book On Death and Dying. The five stages of grief model, or the Kobler-Ross model, is known as a model that describes the series of emotions experienced by grieving people denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In actuality, the Kobler-Ross model was based on people who were dying rather than grieving. Now, some may think this model is outdated and unhelpful, and even the author herself admitted that the stages are not linear and do not occur in predictable progression. I will try to use this model to help us examine your thoughts about your chronic condition, and to be more aware of your thoughts and feelings in general. You absolutely don't have to go through these stages at all or in any particular order, and my goal is just to start a conversation, not to label your feelings. You see, all the stages are based on thoughts, what you think, creating feelings that lead to actions or inactions that produce results. We can always trace our results to our thoughts. So narrowing down, grouping your thoughts into categories, using the five stages of a grief model as a rough guide, and examining where, if at all, you may be in your journey. So the first stage is denial. A refusal to accept what is happening. Sometimes the stage is also called disbelief. Denial is an act of rejecting reality, and I see it often in my clinic in various scenarios. It may manifest as not accepting the diagnosis, or just part of it, doubting the result, or questioning the plan of action or treatment, denying the impact the condition may produce on your health, well-being, or life, or not being compliant with treatment because of denial. It may happen before the diagnosis or even before seeing the doctor when some symptoms arise. But you may be telling yourself that it's all in your head or the symptoms are not real or this is not that bad or I cannot believe this is happening to me. In the case of fibromyalgia, it may be due to feeling of confusion. Having the diagnosis but also hearing from others that fibro is not real or refusing to believe the severity of the symptoms you're experiencing are not due to some other, more acceptable diagnosis, or after spending some time believing that you have another condition like lupus or something else just to be diagnosed with fibro, not accepting the new reality, or keep looking for better, more acceptable treatment options. During this phase, your mind tries to protect you from emotional pain and it does so the best it knows how. I often see denial more dramatically in men. Women tend to argue with reality more, in my opinion, while men often outright deny reality. I used to work for the Veterans Hospital Emergency Department. Many veterans would wait until the last minute to be seen, literally being dragged by their families to see a doctor. I had a patient who convinced himself that his left shoulder pain was from lifting weights 
although he had not worked out in months and had no known injury to the shoulder, and he just barely avoided a deadly heart attack if it wasn't for his daughter who brought him to ER. When my highly educated and intelligent father found a lump in his armpit, he told himself for many months that this was a result of the flu. Nothing to worry about, waiting for it to resolve on its own. He avoided thinking about it and talking about it and did not share this concerning finding with his doctor, his wife, or me until many months later, thus delaying his cancer diagnosis. He told me later that the fear of the diagnosis was overpowering and paralyzing, and it was easier to live in denial, pretending it was not real, and the lump was not a big deal. So you too may be in denial as a way to cope with your emotions, fear, and anxiety, for example. You too may be downplaying the severity of the situation, rejecting your true feelings, ignoring symptoms or pain, pushing through life like nothing is happening, doubting yourself and your intuition, or hiding symptoms from family and doctors. Be kind to yourself. It is the best you know how to cope or know what to do. Your brain, by using the thoughts, is trying to protect you from emotional pain. But let's apply the cognitive model to examine what you can do if you find yourself in this stage. First is awareness. Say you think you are in denial. Examine your thoughts with love and compassion. If you are able, allow yourself to process the facts of the situation. You may write them down. Do a thought download. Write all your thoughts down, free flow, and look at them with curiosity. Which ones are facts? You have seen a doctor, for example, on August 10th. I was giving a specific diagnosis, XYZ. I have pain today in such and such joint. Now, this would be facts. There are many other sentences that are likely your thoughts, your opinion, interpretation, or analysis. These are often not factual, but feel very, very real. You can also look at your thoughts and decide on the top of denial. Do you deny a fact, the impact, hope, or accountability? These types of denial would have a different feeling and produce different action and result. If you deny the existence of a condition or symptom versus how the condition you accept would impact you in your life, denial that there is hope is huge. Some people have given up before they get all their facts. It can be in the form of not getting a test because if the result is positive, nothing can be done. Why do the test anyway? It may be in the form of refusing to acknowledge the lack of willingness to do the work to improve the situation. That's just the way I am, or why bother? It's a loss anyway. Denial of accountability an attempt to avoid responsibility for an action or inaction that produced results. For example, a patient may have diabetes and consumes a lot of sugar, and his hemoglobin A1c reflects, but he thinks the A1c results is not due to the consumption of sugary things. The next phase or another strong emotion you may experience is anger. Anger is the most common response to fear. If you were ever separated from your child, say, in a store, and for a few moments you were frantically looking for her, you likely were overwhelmed with fear. 
fear that the child was kidnapped, as you hear on the television, probably pops immediately into your mind. When the child is located, most likely there is a lot of anger, yelling, and reprimanding that is driven by the overwhelming feeling of anger at the mere possibility of losing a child. Parents are experiencing a sense of grief over what might have happened. Now, remember, anger is the most common reaction to things that scare us. There are many things you may be scared about or angry about. There might be an element of fear about how the future will be different than the one that you have originally planned. This fear may be displayed as anger. I see more anger in my young patients. They did not imagine getting sick right before college, taking medications that may affect fertility, getting overweight and puffy looking from the steroids, or being told to be careful with exposures due to their compromised immune system. You may be angry and frustrated uh, at the healthcare cost or cost of opportunity as you had to change jobs or file for disability. We often feel anger when something is not fair. You have well-meaning friends and family tell you what you should or should not be feeling. Like, you should be angry, why don't you? You may be angry at your friends who tell you the things you, you could have had instead of your condition, who tell you to be grateful, not angry. The best way you can help yourself in dealing with your loss, no matter the situation, is to create a plan of action on how to move through many conflicting feelings which you might be experiencing, rather than focusing on just one, which may or may not have any bearing on your situation. Again, go back to your cognitive model and look at the circumstances that created your thoughts. These thoughts create many feelings, maybe anger or many or any other feeling that you may experience. That feeling will generate an action or inaction. If you don't like the actions you take, trace them back to the feeling and thought you were having about the circumstance. You may find that the anger that you're feeling is not what you imagined. And it may be, again, the thought or the, the thoughts that you're having are more fear-based thoughts. Based on the Kobler-Ross model, the next phase of grief is negotiation or bargaining. Though this isn't the same as denial, in which you're trying to refuse reality, this stage might feel similar because you might be thinking of all the ways that the situation could have gone differently. I call it the shoulda, woulda, coulda stage. When it's delivered not by another but yourself, this well-known word grouping is intimately tied to emotion of regret. I should've, I could've, I would've done something differently. And who hasn't experienced regret over things they have said or done in the past, or for that matter, didn't do? Regret is a natural response to any type of loss. What if I had done something differently? Diet, exercise, medicine, therapy, surgery, etc. What if I got into the specialist sooner? It can naturally lead also into what you would do, promising something like being a better person or drinking more water if the situation goes away. In the perfect world, no, no one would have regrets. We would think with perfect clarity before we ever speak or take any kind of action. The problem is that no one lives in the perfect world. Regret is associated with memories of our personal history linked with our imagining 
what might have created a better outcome if we had done the past differently? The reality is that you are exactly where you need to be because you are here now. We can't change our past and we can't live in the future. Regret and beating yourself up does not serve you. It does not propel you into useful action, except for the action of rumination, imagining a different outcome, or telling yourself, I never seem to make the right decisions, or I always choose the wrong thing for me. If regret has become debilitating for you, and is not spurring you to improve, but rather feels like a small mirror you're constantly checking behind you, maybe it's time to let go of the regrettable experiences and move on to something new. As Oprah Winfrey said, whatever has happened to you in your past has no power over this present moment because life is now. The next stage is depression, feeling like giving up and not caring what happens. If you search the word depression on the internet, one of the first things you will encounter is clinical depression. Grief is a normal and natural reaction to any change in our lives. It is a normal reaction, not a mental illness. However, you may not understand this distinction and may, say, and may self-diagnose yourself as clinically depressed on some level. But also, patients with chronic illnesses, especially chronic pain, have higher rates of clinical depression. Clinical studies have revealed that chronic pain as a stress state often induces depression and that up to 85% of patients with chronic pain are affected by severe depression. So while every significant life change brings its elements of grief, most people have little or no training in dealing with loss. Some of your friends will respond to you with cliché written advice about keeping busy or suggestions on why you should not feel sad. These suggestions may seem logical, but grief is hardly logical. It is emotional. No amount of logic can truly overcome emotional pain. It can be hard to advocate for your needs when you are in this stage of grief. You might feel it's pointless to keep searching for diagnosis or treatment. You might find yourself wishing that all of these problems would just go away. But I also want to point out that that pain and depression are closely related. Depression can cause pain and the pain can cause depression. Sometimes pain and depression create a vicious cycle in which pain worsens symptoms of depression and then the resulting depression worsens feeling of pain. In general, the worse the painful physical symptoms, the more severe the depression. Living with daily pain is physically and emotionally stressful. Chronic stress changes the level of stress hormones and neurochemicals found within your brain and nervous system. These can affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. Your thoughts could be going between regret and loss of hope. So even though this may be the stage of grief and it is maybe temporary, I urge you to seek professional help. It could be your primary care to do a proper screening for depression symptoms or psychologist or psychiatrist. Depression often requires additional services such as counseling or therapy or maybe a medication. Just to remind you that no matter where your symptoms stem from, whether physical, emotional, mental, or behavior condition, 
they are valid and you are worthy of getting the treatment you need. The last stage is acceptance, coming in terms with the situation and being ready to move forward. Acceptance means fully acknowledging the facts of a problem and not fixating on how it shouldn't be that way. This is a mindset shift. You shift from the judgment of yourself, regret, guilt, or feeling of unfairness towards your condition. Acceptance is closely linked to the concept of mindfulness. To accept one's circumstances, feelings, and thoughts, one must be fully aware of them. Some people have a hard time accepting situations because they feel as though acceptance is a is the same thing as being in agreement with what's happening or saying that it is okay. In other cases, people don't want to acknowledge the pain that would come with acceptance. Acceptance in human psychology is a person's assent to the reality of situation, recognizing a process or condition, often a negative or uncomfortable situation, without attempting to change it or protest it. Acceptance does not mean liking, wanting, choosing, or supporting it. No one is suggesting that you like, want, or support whatever is that you're accepting. But we create additional suffering by struggling against the pain, by resisting and rejecting it. Now, accepting a condition does not mean you give up treatment or stop looking for the best outcome. It does not mean giving up at all. It is accepting that your condition is a circumstance in life, and you can choose how you want to think about it. You see, circumstances are neutral facts. They just exist. Our human brain adds interpretation to these circumstances, adding a story and detail to them. We can choose any thoughts we want to think about circumstances. We don't have to choose the thoughts that don't serve us, or add to our suffering. Fibromyalgia is a neutral circumstance. Rheumatoid arthritis is a neutral circumstance. COVID-19 infection is a neutral circumstance. Any medical condition or a life event are neutral circumstances. Our thoughts about them create feelings about them that lead us into actions or inactions. So acceptance is just an acknowledgement that a condition is a neutral circumstance. Acceptance and awareness are the initial stages of change we need to have in order to start process toward our goals. We need to be aware of our thinking in order to change the pattern of thinking that does not serve us. We need, we need to accept that life is full of circumstances, but when we choose additional painful thoughts and actions, we add to our suffering and that we have control how and what we choose to think about it, and what we desire as a result of our actions, how we choose to manage our conditions. So start working on choosing the thoughts that serve you. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you move toward better life with fibromyalgia. All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on, click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this 
podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fiber. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.